the film series that won't die. Over 40 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. If there's even that much of a connection. Welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I'm Pat. And today we're watching the Amityville Curse. Now, to all of our devoted fans who are, you know, diligently not making the Wikipedia, they might remember that we, we, we've already done a movie called The Amityville Curse. Mm-hmm. So, F, go ahead. Uh, well, on, uh, on the Wikipedia thing, I looked into what it takes to make a wiki, and while I think I understand it, it does seem like a lot of work. Yes. And we have trouble keeping our spreadsheet up to date. I, I mean, so, yes. I, I, get, I'm, I'm, I get the trouble. I'm looking for the devoted facts. Fair enough. It's just, yeah, I, I don't want to hear excuses. I want to see results by people that love us. I want them to show in a very tangible way how much they adore us. But I'm, I'm lonely. Ah. But so, I did some research on the Amityville Curse of 2023. It is, in fact, a remake based on the novel. This is, this is going to be the same story as the 1990 Amityville Curse. Oh my. And also, the, the bigger thing, it's an actual movie. Wait, what? There's like Canadian all-stars in the cast. This is all like we went to the Canadian television studio. We said, hey, who's not busy and who wants to make a loon? And like 20 people showed up. And they made a movie. The guy from Roswell is in this movie. A guy that was a regular, a recurring character on The Flash is in this movie. It's written, the script was written by the guy that wrote Fido. Oh, shit. This is a real movie. That's insane. We're still getting actual movies in the mix. I'm trying to remember the last real Amityville movie that we watched. I think there was Uh, The Jennifer Jason Leeman? I was thinking there's like, I feel like there's one after that. Like, was the Joe Del Furland one before or after the Jennifer Jason Lee one? Remember oh, the one Jennifer where... Jason Lee was not that long after the remake, I think. Mm. I think the most recent might have been the remake of Part 2. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking it was, it was that yeah. as well. Which kind of makes sense that like the la- like some of the last few real movies are the remakes. This will be the third remake. Within, in the, the, se- within, within the franchise. The series. Yeah. That's insane. Like, what is it? You, you did a count of how many movies there are at this point. Uh, yes. Uh, I actually was going over that the other night. And we have, this will be our 45th Hammerville ah. movie. Or no, I'm sorry. We stopped the last break at 44. Oh my God. This will be our 47th. And okay. I believe we're going to go up to 49 in this window. So well, we only got one more. Oh, we only, okay, then 48. Yeah. But yeah, we're coming up on fifty. But this That's is number insane. yeah. This is and like it would have to be like a quote unquote series that has gone on as, as this long that could have that would make for the possibility of multiple remakes. Yeah, which is just this is another we've seen this. They're actually just remaking them. That's how far they've gone and mm-hmm. how far like the time has passed. That like we had the remake of number two, we had the remake of number one, and now we have a remake. Of this one, which I don't remember if we knew that there was a novel that that one was based on. I think we, in the early ones, we had looked into that because mm-hmm. 
I think off air we had discussed whether reading the books was something we wanted to consider. Right, 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 right. Like, well, let's see when we run out of movies. And we haven't yet. No, we have not. I mean, we actually technically have twice, but not with any confidence. Not, not enough to make us read. Yeah. No, just, no. We knew that traffic had hit, not that the bridge was out. There we go. Yeah. No, this was the one. This was the Kim Coates one. The one where it's like the, uh, it's not the Amityville house. It's in Amityville. It's another house, and it's a bunch of, like, a pair of annoying yuppies by the house, and they, quote-unquote, invite their friends over to help them fix it up over a weekend. Mm -hmm. Remember that one? Vaguely. And then, like, it turns out that uh, in the basement of the house is the confession booth that a priest was killed in. Oh, okay. And the ghosts end up possessing Kim Coates of all people you know it's weird that the most sinister looking guy in the film ends up being possessed by the end of the film yeah and uh but he does have that look he does have a good villain look he does have that look I just saw him pop up in uh White House Plumbers oh fun HBO miniseries very funny okay uh the whole miniseries Mm -hmm. but um everybody in it's also Kim Coates is always good like even like Bad Boys uh Sons of Anarchy of course being the only guy in both Silent Hill and a Resident Evil. Oh. Yeah, he's the only uh, one. A weird honor or distinction, but he's yeah. not in this movie. No, we get uh, Brendan Fair, the, known as, like, the main guy on Roswell. If you remember Roswell, since it's been a minute. I remember that the show existed. It was on originally before there was a reliable WB station in Baltimore. Mm. And I think it was... We had gotten the WB while the show was on the air. Same with Buffy, but even then, Buffy took me a while to get into mm-hmm. until there were DVD sets that I could catch up because I don't like jumping into a show late. That's fair. Yeah, but um, yeah, I remember the awareness of Roswell and the whole hot sauce like save our show campaign. Uh, no, the aliens love the taste of hot sauce, so when it got canceled, so many fans mailed bottles of hot sauce into the WB. That they realized, oh, this is not just a fan base, but more importantly, a fan base willing to spend money on things. I was about to say, ready to waste money on things. Yeah. That's going to turn them around. Letter writing campaigns only go so Mm. far. Yeah. Uh, Letter writing campaigns save Quantum Leap after its third season. All right. Uh, Letter writing campaign, weirdly enough, saved Mr. Belvedere at one point. I mean, I liked Um, the show. I, it was a. I, it's not the kind of show I would write in for. Quantum Leap, I no, would. no, yeah, Quantum Leap, yes, but yeah. no, not that. I've no. written outlines to relaunch a Quantum Leap comic book, but then they did the new show, which is not bad. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like it. Well, yeah, no, this guy. Well, for horror movie fans, we'll know. We'll re- we'll remember him as like the the older brother in uh, the first Final Destination movie okay. that gets killed. Remember, it's like. A, there's Chad Danella, who's Devin Sawa's best friend, and he has the older brother that looks absolutely nothing like him, mm-hmm. let alone even looks older than him, and is also somehow on the same French class trip with him. It, it, it doesn't matter, but Canadians, yeah. it's Final Destination. Uh, but he's also... Well, it's supposed to be an X-Files episode, so might as well shoot where were you now. Yeah, and... Um, also, he was one of the main two guys from uh, The Forsaken, which, okay. again, Canadian, a lot of Canadian yeah. crossover from acting with that, because that one had Kerr Smith from Final Destination and oh, nice. My Bloody Valentine. All right, uh, I'm going to throw out some names. We'll see if they pop up. You may have seen or not already. Mm-hmm. William B. Davis. 
Oh, well, he's not in this. Not in this. Okay. No. Oh, yeah. No. Um, I know he's been in a ton of non-Canadian stuff, but Mark Shepard was definitely <laughs> Britain Port Canada regular. Yeah. No, um, no Mark Shepard. Right. No, I, I already met. Like, well, the like the next biggest person uh, has been on a lot of episodes is a character on The Expanse, and I've never seen The Expanse. Gotcha. About it. Yeah, I don't know that and one. That's where all the, the yeah. No, it's not. I, I said they're Canadian. I, I may have said All Stars. They're not Canadian. All-Stars. Well, I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of. I'm sure I'll be spotting people too of like, yeah. oh, them from, oh, that them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicole DeBoer is another one I, yeah. I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, okay, I'm excited to, uh, A, see how much I remember of the original, and B, uh, play Guess That Canadian. Yeah. It's a real movie again. Yeah. It's a real movie. An Air- it's a real Amityville movie. Um, you know, well, or it's a, it's, a, it's a real Amityville movie with money behind it. Since it's also a very Canadian production, um, and I didn't have anything prepped since I didn't do research on this one. Which you never do. Um, I, I Not, for Amityville. Not for Amityville. Not for Amityville. For other stuff. Yeah. For other, yeah. But we've, we're this far into the franchise. I feel like I've run out of things and we just kind of play it by ear. We j- it's jazz now. We play it by ear equals Tom does research and miraculously finds that it comes up with a thing like he always does. Well, that's the producer on a jazz album. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy who just goes in there and plays the notes you don't hear or whatever that is sure sure anywho <laughs> um just the world of exploitation. have we ever covered that i believe we have i don't know and or we don't have time okay well we can move on well anyone at home curious about the term exploitation is something worth looking into uh just a wave of movies there are books about it that's my only concern there are books about and- it there's podcasts i'm just I just, for anyone who's not aware of it, it's a fascinating topic, and there is so much beautiful garbage to watch from that era, and occasionally some great movies, and some of our greatest directors came from it. David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg, Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman. um, Bob Clark. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was Canuck. Oh, yeah, no, but I think he was actually American, wasn't he? But he, he made but he, he got, made his he stuff made he made his stuff, stuff up there Canada, yeah, and yeah. Uh, again brought up folks like Reitman through his process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean the modern slasher started in Canada. So. Would, would, would you consider Christopher Guest kind of a kind of exploitation? I guy? thought he was British. Uh, I think he, I, well, I think he's British heritage. I think he's American, but considering all the SCTV guys he uses. I think that was more friendship through the Chicago connection of mm. Second City, uh, or not, yeah. well, Second City slash National Lampoon Radio, because Guest was mm-hmm. heavily involved in National Lampoon Radio, where they brought in a lot of Second City folks from both the Chicago and the uh, Canadian casts. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. No, what you want to do, and this is, again, because it would just take too, it would just take too long, and we've got to do this today. Uh Joe Bob's uh, episode on Black Christmas. He goes all throughout the whole explanation of, it, yeah. of the exploitation, which it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's I'm worried we'd be here, you know, for three hours talking yeah. about it, and it would just eventually devolve into me explaining why I love every single David Cronenberg film. Fair enough. And also uh, heavy metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, yeah. But also, I mean, meatballs. Porkies. No, we're not going to talk about. 
Mm. Porky's is not a good movie. I've never seen Porky's. It's um. I mean, turns out Bob Clark, mm-hmm. <coughs> Christmas Story, great movie. Yeah. Black Christmas, great movie. Great movie. Uh, Baby Geniuses one and two, not great movies. From what I've heard. Yeah, uh, I believe Karate Dog might have also been him with. Uh, that sounds awesome. But it's uh, Chevy Chase as a talking dog that does karate, and it is not as awesome. That sounds less awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bob Clark, very hit and miss. Yeah. yeah. But the hits. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, from like the, the numbers you're putting up, he's as good as Mel Brooks. <laughs> We're going to start this movie now and argue off air. That's fair. I will say, like, from roughly the last act of History of the World Part forward, one. yeah, uh, Mel Brooks was coming apart at the seams. Fair. Um, I don't have the love for space balls that I did when I was a kid. It's it's one joke over and over. It really is. Um, Men in tights. Even though everybody's great. I think the thing that saves Spaceballs is everybody is good in it. You know what I mean? The performance. Yeah. He gets he gets the most out of the performances. Mm-hmm. That's why like there are moments. Dracula Dead and Loving It has some really funny stuff. Never saw it. Um, but all of all of this stuff post, you know, mm. the middle of history of the world just kind of ran out of steam. Just seemed like he didn't have the jokes he wanted to make anymore. He was just doing echoes of what he used to do. Fair. But that said, by volume, he has so much more career before that point that is absolute masterpiece. And uh, I feel like Bob Clark maybe doesn't have that much. Yeah, probably. Uh, but it was enough to get you sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah same with this heat. Let's, uh, let's yeah, stop recording and turn back on the AC. All right. See you in a minute. It was in comparison to like the last five yeah. Amityville movies, it's pretty good. The best best way I can think of to describe it is somebody made uh, some chocolate chip cookies, uh-huh. and they accidentally um, used way too much flour and way less sugar, but there's still chocolate chips in there. What does that do to the cookies? Uh, the cookie's just more bland and not as like cookie fun. But you still get chocolate chips every so often. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I mean, it's it's like all the like uh, all the people in the film are like well, I was going through their IMDb pages, and it's all sci-fi channel television, Shock. you know, TV shows and everything. Yeah. So it's like it's that kind of a thing. But and there were parts that were kind of fun. Yeah, there's there's little moments all through. There's stunts. The stunts are great. The stunts are really yeah, good. excellent stunt work. This is one of the things a professional budget and production can get you yes. is knowing how to do stunts safely, effectively, and impressively. Yeah, but it still doesn't add up to anything, really, does it? No. It, I mean, there's the whole like, it, it's not. It, it's about ninety minutes. No, it is ninety minutes, but that like. Uh, we we got an hour into it and it appeared to be oh, like winding down. It's like oh, there's still 
30 minutes left of this. Yeah. And cool. not, not in that Amityville 2, the possession way, where you get to that end of second act, and you're like, well, the credits are about to roll. Oh, no, we, we, we are going into a massive epilogue here. We have like, only just begun to do goofy special effects to Butch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this one... I mean, it does try to do the off-the-rails final act. I, on a but we'll of, get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the movie opens in Canada. A to-be original. A to-be original, and at the end, found out, uh, co-produced by Crave, which is basically... Um, it's like... Um, Crave and back-in-the-day Showcase are like kind of the Canadian HBO. Okay. Um, just... Or in the UK, the Dave, which is a competitor to like the BBCs and all that. Okay. Um, the but, Dave, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh, they were the ones who brought back Red Dwarf, so oddly enough, Fun. yeah. But yeah, uh, Crave is the network that produced Letter Kenny, oh, uh, which eventually oh, yeah, came yeah, to HBO. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Or, uh, I mean Hulu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That now I know what that is. Now. Yeah. So like they're a. You know, they're air quote real channel or whatever. Yeah, you know, on the um, internet. <laughs> like, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Craven to be co produced this film, which is why we see so many Canadian actors and uh, all of the names in the closing credits. French Canadian. Yeah. But it, maybe, okay, not all of them, just 95% of them. We. Oui. We. Oui. So, uh, but the movie is in English. Yeah, and apparently, uh, and briefly in Dutch, and briefly in Dutch for reasons. Yeah, it was weird, but yeah, I appreciated that the uh, the the U in Amityville Curse has a uh, upside down cross mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, you know the upside down cross. We don't have one in the actual film, but you know, it's, no, uh, there are crosses just there. all right side up for the most part. Yeah. Also, um, all of the title cards. Uh, use the very specific Halloween font. Yes, they did, didn't they? They did. That was kind of weird. It was literally my f- first note after the uh, cold open. Fair. Yeah, look at that. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, it was also kind of weird how it just keeps cutting to black as if it's about to go to commercial periodically throughout the film, but doesn't I go think to commercial there. For possible, well... To be and or Crave presentation. I don't know if Crave includes commercials or has mm-hmm. a commercial free option. I, I don't live in Canada, so. Yeah. But, yeah, it was definitely built for right. televisuals. Yeah, something with a commercial. Yeah. Ads. Yeah. All right. But anyway. Yeah. So the movie opens with the woman in the house, uh, one of the Moriarty family. <laughs> uh, she writes a note, puts it on a dresser. And the note, when she turns around, flies off the dresser and disappears. Yeah. Was then, really happy to see Poltergeist bullshit right from the get-go. Yeah. Like, none of this, is it? Isn't it? No, no it is. No. no. It's, it's all shenanigans. Yeah, it's all shenanigans. Yeah. Like, we don't come to Amityville for maybe. No. No, that's pointless at this point. Yeah. Um, so she, like, misses that the note goes missing, climbs mm-hmm. up on a chair puts a noose around her neck, and then the chair pulls itself away. It does. Good effect. It is a good effect. It just kind of zips right, all, right along, and then that takes care of Mrs. Moriarty. Yeah, Mrs. Moriarty. Yes, yeah. her husband died. Right. So that's Mrs. And then we get... Uh, Three, three months, months later. We have Abigail, Frank, Debbie, Marvin, Billy, and Lucy all moving in 
to the Amityville house, which I appreciated. Like, I forget if the for the original Amityville curse. I don't think it was supposed to be the Amityville house. It was just a house in Amity. Whereas this one is like officially, no, 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 we're not screwing around. It's the Amityville house. Right. I think the book might have been set in the house and the movie because they couldn't get the house for saying mm, it's a neighbor. I can see that. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, 664, the neighbor of the beast. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But no, that's, or, uh, yeah, na- or, yeah, 664, neighbor of the beast, 665, a lesser evil. Yeah, because that would be like right across the street. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, 333, the mark of the semi Christ. Ah, oh, semi Christ. The, um, I liked the uh, I, li- I like that they fixed the overall premise of the film, whereas like in the fir- the 90, 1990 version, it's uh, Marv and Debbie buy the house, and then everybody's just kind of spending a weekend helping them fix it up. This time, all six of them have bought the Amityville house with the intention of turning them into three condos, mm-hmm. and they'll be living in it while they fit while they uh, renovate it. Yeah, which is a giant reflection of what real estate has become over the last 30 years. Oh, yeah. And ain't, ain't, no, ain't no one person buying the, that a house that big. One person on can't front. buy a house these days unless you're already born into wealth, kind of. <sighs> yeah. Um, I just want a two-bedroom apartment. Okay. One day. Maybe. One day. Yeah. Um, well, we could go into financial studies about the uh, practicality of that, but at least we know we have a podcast. Okay, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so they all have moved in together, all agreeing to split the costs and uh, I guess share the work, except that only one of them is skilled or qualified whatsoever to do the work. Abigail. And is you know, also the only one interested in spending the money because they all keep saying, why don't you just pay to have all this mm-hmm. done? But you have to pay for it, too. Uh-huh. And so they're not really supportive friends. I, I mean... I would have yeah. vetted better. Uh, yeah, well, they uh, we find out that they were all buddies in college. So we get like, yeah. a minor big chill vibe, too. We're getting mm-hmm. back. To, we're getting everybody yeah. back together into a house. And I lived with college friends after college. Uh, but we moved in knowing the fights we had and knowing, like, knowing sticking points. Which they do as well in this movie. Yeah, but they didn't seem to have gotten past them. Oh no, they haven't. They're all completely uh, stupid about it. It's like, oh, it'll be, but it'll be different this time. Even though, like every, like we get like what twelve different expository conversations where they're just running eat everybody else under the bus about how well there's this and that person does this and they mm-hmm. suck about oh. this and yeah, but maybe it'll be different now. Well, first of all, the first 20 minutes is so much pure exposition of, tell us why we are friends again. And, hey, the job that you do that is this is, like, it's everybody. Uh, Frank even goes around the room and says, like, you're the doctor and you're the professor, (laughs) even though your personality leans more towards blah, blah, blah. But all of the exposition aside, their lack of changing, uh, I'm... Finally watching Justified, and there was a great line that I heard this week where a character uh, turns to Boyd and he's like, you know, for someone who's changed, you still sound a whole lot the same. Yeah. Something like that, but yeah. Just like, yeah, none of them are any different from whatever they, yeah. I feel like a lot of people, like, we as a species would get a lot farther in life if we would recognize the fact that no one ever actually changes. 
We are who we are. You can work on ha- bad habits and try mm-hmm. to fix those, but the deep down core who you are is who you are. Yeah. You're going to always have certain dramas, certain drivers, certain things that you find funny that other people don't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can work on how your internal person expresses things and handles things, mm-hmm. but it's still that same internal engine. Yeah, it never changes. Nobody ever gets better. Most well, people don't get worse, but, you know. You can, again, you can get better at expressing, but internally, it's always going to, yeah. Yeah. And then it'll just fester and build and come out eventually anyway. That's bleak, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, amongst the other, uh, like, all the interpersonal exposition, we do get them referencing both the DeFeos and the Lutzes. The DeFeos by name, the Lutzes not by name, because we don't want to get sued. Yeah. They apparently were not as brave as the last entry in this franchise, which went wildly off book. Yeah, they did. Uh, this one, yeah, uh, definitely talking about the murders and uh, referencing all these uh, podcasts about, or tr- referencing true po- crime podcasts, and that's how they know everything. This will be important later. Arguably. Arguably. Um, they explore the house. Uh, Frank finds a red room in the basement. So we have the basement secret room, except it's not nearly as secret as in those early ones originally. No. Usually it was like door tucked behind a mm-hmm. bookshelf or something like that. But no, this is just, oh, here's a room and it's painted bright blood red and it's incredibly well lit despite the rest of the house. Yes. I, I was just happy to see the basement again. Like, because in all the early movies, we just have this gigantic, expansive basement in that, that which could hide creepy, weird gateways to another dimension. Right. And we get that back again. And uh, A basement that's the size of the rest of the house that we can see outside. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. Uh, I was more confused by the fact that Frank clearly has a joint the entire scene, but they don't light it up. They don't light it in that scene, but you see in a later scene in when he's with uh, Abigail. Abigail in the basement, she is finishing the joint. Oh, she is? Okay, yeah. I must have missed that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That, I was worried that, <laughs> that that was the one plot hole that I had yeah. for the film. He's <laughs> holding it, and then when they go to the other, when they cut away to another scene, somebody says, and Frank is probably around here somewhere getting stoned. Exactly. But they cut back, and Abigail's holding the end of the joint. Ah, good, 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 good. So, uh, in the midst of, I love, like, okay, so we have the... Frank and Abigail are free agents. Abigail used to date <laughs> Marv back in college, but now Marv is with Debbie. Marv is a psychology professor. Debbie is a first grade uh, elementary school teacher. And Debbie and Marv low-key hate each other. Like They're right not a good the couple. Get-go. No, they are not a good couple at all. Uh, partly because Debbie thinks that she's like the runner-up, second fiddle, mm-hmm. rebound to Abigail and Marv because he doesn't think anybody is as good as him. Yeah. But mercifully, yeah. They Marv take is in out. love with himself first and foremost. Yes. And Lucy has, or no, Abigail had realized this back in college. Yeah. Debbie, um, Debbie still thinks there's a chance. Debbie's kind of dumb. Eh, she's Actually, no, she's not dumb. In comparison to Lucy, she's not dumb. Fair. Lucy is the dumb one of the Change right. just is. It's, it's, it's a it, of the bad decisions made, she's usually front and center. Yeah. 
Um, There's a great bit later where she's like, why does no one listen to me? It's because you're always wrong. You've never been right. (laughs) And like Marv, Marv is never right. But at least Marv backs up his wrong with potential points. He has a theory. Like his theories are actually all sound throughout the movie. They just turn out to be completely incorrect. Right. But it's... The difference of, you know, oh, all opinions are worth listening to. No. Yeah. Like, Debbie would be on the flat earth side. Like, Debbie, the, you Debbie, know what? Debbie, We're Debbie, entertaining you mean, reasonable explanations. You mean, you mean Lucy. Lucy, right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. Debbie, Lucy, and Billy. It's going to get confusing. Yeah. Lucy and Billy are a gay couple and... uh They've got the hottest restaurant in Long Island, Monte Nouveau, mm-hmm. which is definitely not in Montreal. Not <laughs> even close. And uh, they close it on a regular basis through this movie. We're, we visit the restaurant multiple times where they have closed for tragedy. I mean, I mean it is a tragedy, and it is. is where they go to recoup. But they closed the most popular restaurant in Long Island, and nobody's outside checking to see if they're open yeah. on these days. Nope. But... We don't really have they, that much of an extras budget for this film. No. And they also apparently want to make sure to put all of their staff out of work on these days that they need to kind of regroup. They knew what they were signing up for. <laughs> uh, working in the restaurant industry? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, unreliable boss. Post That's pan- incredible. Post-pandemic? Come on. Uh, even then, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, uh, let's see. It's, the restaurant is one of those things, and it's, there's other stuff through the movie where it's like, you have a passing knowledge of this and wrote it into the script and figured good enough. I mean, that's why Abigail's a contractor. Right. Passing knowledge of never really goes into detail. When she knows she needs an electrician, yeah. sounds like she knows what she's talking about. She does. Psychologist, college professor, sort of kind of has things that sound familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, preacher character, kind of sort of mentions things that are Bible-esque you know, from films. Latin-ish. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. We have yeah. a cast of all trades, master of none. Ugh. Bad. The, uh, so they all get settled in, and on their first night, everybody is plagued by horrible nightmares and visions, and Abigail even wakes herself out, up screaming, Butch, no! I thought there was going to be a lot more DeFeo stuff in this one. Yeah. But, no, not yeah. really. It's weird. But, uh, she goes down, uh, she goes down, oh yeah, we skipped over the mirror fall. Which, we skipped, oh yeah, when they first are carrying everything in... Mirrorfall, yeah. and you cover that, and then I got one, too. Yeah, the Mirrorfall, which I thought was kind of, sort of, a reference to the second movie. Yeah. Amityville, The Possession. I mean, it's not not, so, yeah. you know, I'm going with it. They watched Amityville 2, The Possession, uh, a.k.a. the best Amityville movie ever made to this day, because we have watched all of them. And, uh, you know, we've got to put some reference in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but after the mirror fall, uh, they're in the kitchen, mm. and the toaster yes. jumps into the sink, whether it's bumped into it or moves mystically, uh, but it's plugged in and shorts out the whole house. And mm. so it's like, that shouldn't have shorted out the whole house. Good point. Yeah. Uh, it would have just, yeah, flipped one fuse. And the entire movie, when things take out the whole house, they never seem to address the, that as a major electrical concern. Mm. 
Uh, but also, they rightly point out, why did you plug the toaster in next to the sink? Yeah. There are bad. other outlets in this kitchen. Yeah, it was a surprisingly well-appointed kitchen for, yeah. you know, being the Amityville house. Yeah. I would have said that, like, my question more was, like, why were you playing that Jackie Wilson song next to the toaster? Well, you had to test the mood slime. That's a good point. Otherwise, how are you going to know how affected your house is? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they should have followed through rookies. with that. Yeah. Uh, it's like every Elm Street from uh, 2 through 5, like, we told you how to kill Freddy. We yeah. know how to dis- <laughs> we know how to, to like read this house. We just need to you know get some of this. They're in New York. They can go get mood slime right from any sewer. That's true. That's true. It's yeah. just building at that point. Yeah, do love that. Like all the night, I love that Freddy's dead. They're just like, yeah, we're just gonna do this trick from the first one, but we've got three D glasses, so it's gonna work this time. Yeah, and we got dynamite. For like, real. Well, also the first dynamite. one, they brought him into the real world and then didn't do anything. Well, no, because Wes went for the more uh, esoteric, uh, empowering ending. Right. But I'm saying, like, they also the, just the other sequels just... Yeah. And not for nothing, Nancy does set him on fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's that, not for lack of trying. It didn't do it the first time. Well, it did. That was the problem. He just didn't you know stay there. Yeah, now I see it. Now I see it. Yeah, it, this movie really does kind of ebb and flow. Because, mm-hmm. like, the I'm remembering all the good parts, but all the... Uh, Boring lulls are kind of fading. I was making, I was trying to make sure I make notes about just to, you know, keep them in point. But yeah, so they've, um, after the moving in chicanery, um, nightmares and spookiness on the first night, notably at 3 a.m. I think in like the Exorcism of Heavenly Rose, they say like that's the devil's like the devil's uh, midnight or something like that. Yeah, the witching last call, something like that. Something, you know. Pointlessly silly. Yeah. Uh, it's like, if you're in California, it's midnight, so the witching hour in New York would be, I don't know, there's time zones, and I don't know how witchcraft really if it works off of, like, prime meridians and okay. stuff like that. And Fair. It but, gets very confusing. But for gremlin purposes, when could they still be eating at 3 a.m.? Um, uh, well, they ask in the second when it's always midnight somewhere. It is I believe somewhere. it is uh, the midnight in your time zone. Oh, okay. Because otherwise, daytime eating, considering the origin of the Mogwai, mm-hmm. which would be Asia if you're looking at the movie, or space if you're looking at the novelization. The Gremlins novelization oh, no. says Mogwais are from space. This is. I mean, maybe they maybe they just landed in Asia. Maybe. But if you're in space, or what China is midnight? Uh, how is, how did that rule exist in space? That's fair. Yeah. Uh, anywho, enough about that. Um, so the next morning, they all uh, relate stories of having trouble sleeping the night before and also having basically the same sorts of dreams, which Marvin does not put any uh, psychological stock into. And as they're all... Going outside to go to their respective jobs, Frank launches himself out of the second story window. Oh, wow, we did jump ahead. Pardon the expression. Oh, but yeah, no, it like unexpectedly ends like, oh, that has to be a vision. There's no way that, no, there is Frank dead on the lawn. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, he's just dead. dead on he's the just, lawn. he's gone. That's out. That's it. We're out. We're out of Frank. Yeah. Well, no, we, I mean, had, like visions and flashbacks, but, but the, like, uh, we, we had like one where, 
Had we had the Abigail Marv sex vision yet? Mm, yes, know. yes, we did. Okay, we did skip over that. Okay, the, yeah. um, there's a few things we had. at the at the at the end of the party where Frank uh, introduces everybody and their profession to everyone else. Yeah, uh, here's who you all are. Yeah, you know, there's spook, there's spooky light flashings on and off, and a bunch of them get weirded out and go to bed, except for Marv and Abigail who have a history together. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to them banging in mm-hmm. uh, the bedroom, and uh, uh, Abigail says, "Is like, what's going to happen if uh, Debbie finds out? And Frank says, Debbie already knows. And they look up, and Debbie's got, like, the DeFeo shotgun and goes yeah. to shoot them. Like, does a weird, like, video glitch at the end of the bed, so it's like, which is how they were saying ghost, kind of. Yeah, the ghost effect is not great. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's like if you, if you, the if Emperor Palpatine is sending a hologram to you, and it's you, you get bad out of the You want to get out of the media, the asteroid field, so he can send a clear signal. It's just poor common courtesy. Exactly. But um, during that whole conversation, um, there's uh, one of them, and I didn't note who, they're pouring champagne to celebrate uh, the house. Uh, after hammering down a wall, kind of yeah. partially, and with the sledgehammer engraved with all of their names because this is their project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing that people do. I guess I have no idea. Uh, yeah. I don't um, own land, but yeah. So, so uh, the one girl pours champagne for everybody, and Abigail. Just, Abigail just pours champagne for everyone, and then just starts chugging out of the bottle yep. because mm-hmm. screw a second class for anybody else. I'm gonna backwash this. Yes, right. It's Abigail's now. She licked it. Uh huh. Um, also had a note that um, was it Lucy that found the tiny coffin. Debbie finds the tiny coffin when one of the shells breaks uh, in her and Marvin's room. That's right. And yes. again, I love that there's just poltergeist shenanigans like immediately and throughout the whole movie. And yeah, uh, yeah Debbie brings the uh, tiny coffin down and then trips over a box of cement. Yep. Which it's it's a box labeled basement, except that the first part is cut off. So I really just thought they didn't know how to spell cement and just left a box of cement oh. on the bottom of the steps. Yeah, I had no idea what the hell you were talking about at the time. Oh, yeah. It's just S-E-M-E-N-T. Yeah. And I just thought that was really funny until I was like, oh, that probably is supposed to go downstairs. Yeah. I thought it was... It was hilarious. Yeah. It was, it's even funnier now that I know what you were saying. Yeah, it's like in Freaks, everything's misspelled. Is it? Oh, God, yeah. It's been for since I've watched E-E-N-T-U-R on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But anyway. Um... So, yeah, then we have the nightmares and stuff. Then we have the next morning where Frank launches himself out of the second story window and lands headfirst into the uh, upturned bricks in the walkway. Yeah. Yeah, like there, there's no coming back from that. No, he I mean, the look really on his face is definitely, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, he is deader than shit. Which... Actually, I, I feel like part of that was for people who had seen the first movie because Frank ends up being the killer in the first one. Right. And so it's like, oh, Frank's, Frank's already gone. Yeah. Who's our bad guy? And it kept me, in, it did keep mm-hmm. me invested through most of the film. The answer is always the house, but, but yeah, Frank dies, they, so they all go to brunch. Yeah, yep, they, we closed down Monte Nouveau mm-hmm. for the first time. Um, because tragedy. Then, Closed for tragedy, I like that. 
And uh, there's some Frank Dreams. Then uh, was Abigail is doing an experiment with milk and honey. Well, she finds a... Uh, yeah, this happens. She fi- so she opens up the little coffin, and there's like a little relic or ta- uh, totem, little, mm-hmm. like a little statue. Like think Pazuzu, the little Pazuzu thing from like the, uh, the, uh, the Exorcist. Or uh, the little, it kind of resembles the little root baby in Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. And so she creates a uh, pentagram on the kitchen table, places the, uh, the the relic in a bowl, and puts starts pouring milk and honey into it because you know to appease it and get everything on their side. Mm-hmm. And Billy comes down, and Billy is a strict Catholic. And uh, is immediately enraged that pagan things are happening in there. Mm -hmm. And then Marvin comes down to lend his two cents of, I think you're all a bunch of weirdos. I'm getting water. Yeah. Both of you you are arguing over your imaginary friends. Yes. And the thing is, yes, they are. But um, Abigail is much more receptive than Billy through the movie. Hmm. Uh, Billy is always like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear any of this devil stuff or any of the witchcraft stuff or any of this. It's all, and Abigail's just like, yeah, we could try all options. Like, I'm not trying to be, you know, biased because of what I believe. I'm trying to listen to all possible answers. Yep. Crazy. Open-minded. Honestly, probably the only open-minded character. I'm with Marvin looking at them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, that doesn't pan out well. No, no, but you know, but at like, the time. you have to, you do have to consider reasonable options as well as unreasonable if you're in a horror movie. Yes, you can't. Just I, I'm on board. I, well, I, I appreciate Marv not understanding that he's in a horror movie yet. Like Frank jumped out the window, Maybe with Frank no reason, and Frank the night before was not expressing any sort of. No. Concerns or flags. On top of the fact that they're, they've literally moved into a house that has decades worth of people saying it's haunted. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. No, Marv's yeah. an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, but so, yeah, they have a big fight about that. And I, I love that, like, well, Marv says, uh, when they look at Marv for his opinion, he says, I'm just down here to get some water. And Billy and uh, Abigail continue the fight, and you see through, like, the little island window, uh, or open space on the kitchen island, you see him just go casually to the sink and start, like, filling up a glass of water and leaving. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was just funny for me. His, hey, his character is very direct. He is. I love it. Um, and then um, everybody goes to work, and then there's a knock at the door. Ben Holloway shows up. Yeah, everybody's gone except for Abigail, who's uh, working on the house, because mm-hmm. that is her job. Yeah. Although, and you would think she also has, like, a paying gig while she's doing this for herself. Like, you know? to be able to pay for this. Exactly. But, right. who knows? Maybe it was... Yeah. Or, we're getting if she is involved in contracting work and all this kind of stuff, which is why she'd be good at this, A, she's on a team, or B, she has a team you would think. that she works with, in which case they would be over... But she believes that Ben is the electrician coming over. Yes. No electrician actually shows up, which makes me wonder if she called an electrician or not, and or what happened with that whole side of things. Because she kind of forgets that there was an electrician. I mean, it could just be something that just we don't, just don't see. Eh. It's, they complain about the electricity enough 
going forward that I feel like it would have been thought of. It would have been nice if she said the electrician said everything was fine or whatever. Yeah, or, didn't find anything, like, in another scene. But, yeah. But, yeah. but then again, when she talks to Ben, it's more about uh, perspective, like what they will be doing with the rewiring the house as opposed to checking the house. Right. But I'm just... No electrician shows up despite yeah. one having been called. Yeah. Um, but what he is, is he's a podcaster. Aren't they the worst? <sighs> just hate them. Like, we don't go to people's houses and ask them what their experiences are with Amityville. I mean, that's literally what you do every week here in my apartment. You but mon- there's an open you invite. You have invited this monster into your house. This is Vampire Rules. I didn't think it was going to last forever. Vampire Rules. I didn't think it was going to last forever. I can only say Vampire Rules so many times <laughs> until you understand. Like You're the t- one who just closed the blinds because the sun was too much. It's right in my it's eyes. It's sinking still. in. I know. It's terrible. And besides, there have only been two Amityville movies with vampires. There. Yeah. At least that we know of. Vampires don't show up on film. They might have been in all of these. That's why I always... That's where the extras were in this. This is what drives... Like, as a side note, it's like just a giant pet peeve in every vampire thing where they're like, vampires don't show up in mirrors. But then they'll have... But here's a video of them that we took... Here's some video footage that we recorded of the vampire. It's like, there are mirrors in the camera. I love what we do in the shadows. Uh, Taika Waititi specifically is like, yeah, you made a mockumentary about vampires and... No. Oh yeah, they have uh, mirrorless DSLRs now. We shot with those. See, that's good. Right, that's good. Yeah, but older cameras, all of them had mirrors. Yeah, it's part of the function. God damn it! But anyway, I like that. Yeah. Ah, oh, Taika, why did you have to make a bad Thor movie? You know what? His next one looks good. The soccer movie. No, I haven't seen the trailer for it yet. Oh, it looks fun. Oh, good, good, good. Uh. So, vampires aside, Ben. Where was ben? ben, the horrible Ben shows horrible podcast. up and um, protect, like, basically explains, I'm here to investigate the house. Well, there's nothing going on here, nothing weird. Maybe our friend died, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, this house is perfectly normal. You have no right to be here. And he pushes, pushes, pushes until he gets a really sarcastic reply of, oh, yeah, the place is on it. We all hate it. It's terrible. And it's an obviously sarcastic reply. Unless you cut it out of context. And even then, it's still pretty fucking sarcastic. It's pretty sarcastic. But he posts it online saying, see, told you the house is haunted. What are they trying to hide? And the house is surrounded by people wanting to know about the ghosts and the spirits and the demons. All these people disappear. Like, they're there for one afternoon. Yeah. From one Instagram or TikTok video. This is the only time we could afford the extras. Yeah. Um, But yeah, his fan base comes out in a drove. I wouldn't say multiple. No. But a drove. A drove. Like, a good carload. Yeah. Um, Demanding to know what's going on. So they relent and let Ben into the house to do a an overnight recording and an investigation and interview everybody. I'm sorry. The guy who mis-edited film, like, purposely mis-edited footage of you mm-hmm. to make your life hell because you turned down an interview... You're saying this is the guy that it's okay to bring in. I would have found any other podcast to say, fuck that guy. That guy's an asshole. He's a hack. He took things out of context. 
But somebody who's reputable and not a liar, yes, I would let them in the house. Oh, totally. But no, they let the asshole liar piece of shit um, in. He stays in the room with the eye windows. Something comes into the room while he's looking at the interview footage. Yeah. And well, all the interview footage is uh, messed up. Right. Like, uh, the on-camera stuff is messed up, and then when he's listening to his the audio that he recorded, he starts hearing the ghost voices again. Yeah. Like, everybody else has yeah. been hearing the whole time. The clearest EVP ever. It sounds like an old landline getting crossed over with a neighbor. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, I'm just picking up another conversation here. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to go through my notes and find the other one, the that other Amityville where they had the awful uh, ghost facers, like uh, ghost hunters. Uh, yeah, movie. I don't remember. I know that it's it's definitely come up before, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, well, it's the one with the white haired guy that yeah. is just has a very peculiar way of talking and just wants to spend time with you. You oh, it was, and that had like that song at the end. The Dirty Needles song. Remember the oh Dirty God, Needles? Dirty, yes. Oh, God. What was the name of that one? Um, well, while you flip through, um, so he's looking around. He can't find anything in the house, but he goes up to his room. He's checking the footage. And then something uh, Sam Raimi cams into the room yeah. right at his face, scares him, commercial break. Mm-hmm. Uh, come back from commercial. He's running out of the house. Screw you. I'm not staying here. This place is evil. I'm done. I'm out of it. And as he's backing up, he steps into the road in front of the house. And can you believe it? He gets hit by a car. The house drives. We've established this well back in the first movie, I think. But yeah, a car drives through, hits him. He flies up over the car. Again, great stunt work. Amazing. Like, it just, it's... He clear like there's nothing in the road. There's no even a sound or headlights or anything, and just instantly this car yeah, is car running out road. of nowhere. The second he's laying in the road, car gone. So this is, I'm guessing, a phantom Nissan. Yeah, like it's ridiculous how like there there it pauses for like a second and then rides off. Um, because we never, we only see the police at the end of the movie. Like we have no idea if there's any follow up or anything about mm. this. Or like, what did his podcasting fans think after he got he got run over at this house that he had already said was supremely evil, and that they were hiding things? Like, ah, yeah, but he did publish things about this house. Yeah, the day before, uh-huh. and yet nothing, and nothing, no investigations, no any of that. It's, I mean, I guess as an isolated incident, forgetting the person that died there a week or two earlier. And forgetting the fact that that same night, uh, Billy is in the bathroom and starts hearing voices, fills the tub, mm. and um, climbs in the tub with a hairdryer. Yeah, she does. Fully clothed. Yeah. And it immediately pops all the power in the house, which is a safety feature that's supposed to prevent electrocution. But apparently it didn't work great in that house, as none no. of the electric does, because she did. There was a great little character moment where, like, Lucy and Billy are in bed having a fight over the whole uh, Frank death and Ben death and what should we do about anything. Billy is more concerned about how this could affect the restaurant because Billy has one character trait, or two character traits. She's gay and she runs a restaurant. Oh, and Catholic. 
And Catholic, excuse three, me. Three, three, yeah. She's got three. Triple threat. And, so, I and, mean, uh, she's just this close to being Artie Zucco from Sopranos. Oh. I, know, I didn't really watch The Sopranos. So. Ah, gotcha. Uh, he owns a restaurant. He's Catholic. He's not gay. He's married. And he actually does have a very rich character arc over the series. So, okay. I just um, try to think of restaurant folks. Fair. The, um, I have very limited references. I mean, The Sopranos? But anyway, um, when, uh, so Billy storms off to go take her bath, and uh, when she closes the door, Lucy flips her finger at, at Billy, even, like, through the door, and then it cuts to Billy outside the door, and she's giving the finger right back at her, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a yeah. little, this is a couple. The, uh, the movie we were looking for is uh, uh, Amityville, the final chapter, a.k.a. Sickle. Oh, right, right, right. The Amazing Dirty Nick, dirty Needles song at the end. And it had just the, uh, it was like, it was basically like, what if like, uh, like if the kid got blamed for the murders, finally gets out of the asylum, is just trying to put his life back together. And like the, uh, this person who we never could f- nail down, like what her actual program was. Like, is she like, uh, are, they, are they doing videos for things or they have a television show but they're like a ghost hunter type of group yeah. and they make him go back to the house where supposedly you know he murdered all these people at best or at worst is haunted yeah. and meanwhile his uh, white faced Tom Noonan-esque benefactor wanted to use him as a gateway into the other dimension with Sickle that movie was kind of hilarious. Yeah, we've gone, we've gone on some journeys. Yes, we have. But uh, um, so yeah, so Billy dies the same night as the podcaster at the same house that somebody else jumps to their death. You know, like two days before, without any sort of warning. Um, they say three people died within the past month. Mm. Um, so I, that's why I think Frank might have been earlier, and they just were very bad at telling us how much time has passed. Okay. Um, but they're having lunch at the cafe again for grieving. Mm-hmm. And um, it's either that or, you know, we actually entertain customers that will pay for right. food. Yeah. Like, no cops ever no. in this movie. No it's report except at the end. But, but, like, nobody seems to care that three people have died at this house within a month already. And as more people die, spoiler, um, people just don't seem to care. No, at least of all, their closest, seemingly closest friends. Yeah. Like, they're all still living there. Abigail keeps, like, moving on from these deaths very quickly. Marv is absolutely cold about the whole thing. Like, she seems to care more. Like, granted, Ben gets killed, like, right in front of her, but she seems to be more concerned with Ben dying than Frank dying. Yeah. Admittedly, Frank put dirty dishes in his moving boxes, but... Still, Which is a dick move, but... So, so bad. I could have... I was really expecting him to be evil, but no. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, we get debates as to what we should do with the house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is Lucy at selling the house? No, Debbie wants to sell the house at this point. Debbie wants to move out and sell the house. Correct yeah. answer. Correct answer. Just full stop. Like three people died I in like the last it. month. Three people have died. They were our friends. Even if this house isn't possessed, even if it's all a coincidence, even if it's all yeah. just whatever, three of my friends died here. I don't want to live here. Nope. 
This is a bad memory place. It's not like I had years of good memories in this house and then that happened. Yeah. It's not like your childhood home, but then something bad once. This is, we move into this place, three, you know, two of my friends and this other guy have died here. Hmm. I would rather get a small apartment for right now. But babe, we've got equity in this property. Do they though? Okay. It sounded like it was a bad investment. Well, like, I mean, traditionally that house is. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, what is it? Lucy gets the, uh, gets a priest to come over. Yeah. Uh, the reaction from Abigail is, okay. Yeah. yeah. Other religions are fine. I am, I am tolerant. Are we against Abigail? I, I, I like Abigail. No, I'm just <laughs> saying that, like, in contrast to how Billy was anti-Wicca, anti-witchcraft, all of that kind of thing. Oh, God, yeah. Well, you know, the old <laughs> joke about, you know, people, uh, guy goes to heaven and St. Peter's uh, says, like, okay, you're going to end up where you're going to end up, but uh, I thought I'd give you the tour of heaven. And uh, the first thing they walk by is uh, this amazing uh, Jewish temple. And uh, St. Peter tells the man, uh, this is where all the Jewish people go when they die. They walk a little farther and they see this gorgeous, ornate mosque. And St. Peter says to the man, uh, this is where all the Muslims go when they die. And then uh, they pass by a gigantic brick wall and St. Peter doesn't say anything. And the man says, but St. Peter, what's the deal with this wall? And St. Peter immediately goes, shh, Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope that picked up. <laughs> but I love that joke. Yeah. But so it's uh, this guy. I forget his name, but he was the avatar of the uh, Sage Force in the later seasons of The Flash. Mm-hmm. The Sage Force is, of course, mind powers because, you know, we have to have more forces than just the Speed Force. Yeah, the Speed Force was loosely based on scientific principles connected no. with, you know... No, it wasn't. Mark Wade, uh, the writer at the time, invented the Speed Force much in the same way the writers of Doctor Who invented the sonic screwdriver. Look, we just need him to be able to do things. We're not going to be able to explain it. The Speed Force is the answer when we can't explain why Wally West is physically doing the thing he's doing. Understood, but they were trying to say it was tethered to the speed nature. And I see the jump into disreality from speed. There's at least a thin tether. The other forces don't make the sense. It's it's not like when, you know, bravery is the green lantern and fear is the yellow lantern, and so the other ones can be other emotions. There's a precedent for it. Making more forces than the speed force just is a bad jump. Well, that was like the Green Lantern thing is why there were all the other forces created because there was the Green Lantern shit was wildly successful. And so we have to do it. Yeah. No, I mean, honest to God, I have the, uh, the intro the, the, uh, it's either the afterward or the introduction to uh, terminal velocity where mm-hmm. Mark Wade says, Oh no, it's nonsense, but we needed right. nonsense to explain things because Wally could never eat the amount of calories he would need to eat to do anything. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It's but well, Flash Comics. It's well-named and positioned nonsense. Oh, yeah. Like the Sonic Screwdriver, it says this is a tool yeah. that is something different. 
Yeah. It gives you the idea. But once you get into like Sage Force and all that, mm. the terms don't make sense anymore. No, they don't. It, no, it they pulls don't. Apart. It reminds you how bullshit it is. Yeah. It, yeah. But anyway. So, um, so yeah, they get this minister, uh, non-denominational, you know, based on... The whole... The, he he, looked, he yeah. has... He has some reverend vestments. He has some yeah. priest vestments. None of what he says can really be ascribed to any particular religion outside of yeah. Google search. Sure, sure. So, um, but, but he knows Latin. <laughs> a lot of people know Latin. Yeah. Archaeologists know Latin. Well, yeah. You should anyway, if you're any good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he ins- um, he's inspecting the house and trying to write in chalk. Um, CMB. Yeah. And then he says, it's like, these are, it's like an acronym for this Latin phrase that says, uh, Christ bless this house. Right. Or Christ let this, may this house be blessed or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know again what denomination would have that kind of prayer, but you know, uh, but what he's actually writing is V Bart V (laughs) or I'm sorry, die, die, die. Um, and then he falls off the ladder and snaps his ankle. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's, a, it's, like, a, it's, it's a nasty looking snap. It's bad for him. And his like his uh, shin is just bent. Well, one, his shin is bent. And it's bent almost at, an, uh, at a uh, 90 degree angle from where it should be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nasty looking. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yet, we're not moving out yet. Oh, wait. That, wait this is the final straw for Debbie, isn't it? Uh, pretty close to it. Um, yeah, because, um, they yell at, uh, Marv for being a skeptic to the priest before he breaks his ankle, and I guess after. Oh, yeah, because it's, uh, Um, at the same time, uh, Abigail and Marvin are upstairs, and they're hearing the voices, and then Marv finds that there's a branch scraping uh, one of the windows and he attributes all of the everything in the house everything in the house to this one window this this one branch and he snaps it off and comes in and makes oogie boogie 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 scary noises and is a complete asshole again in reflection of the fact that three people have died in this house yeah and then or out well yeah two outside but still it's like in the vicinity uh, and then they go downstairs where the pre where the priest is writing in chalk, and then they look, and the chalk, which was white, uh, has now been replaced with the die 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 in red. And uh, also, he had a really uh, Scientology line there, where they uh, like Debbie and or Lucy were talking about how uh, Marvin is writing all of this off uh, psychologically, and he's like, eh, psychologists, uh, the, dev- the devil puts his lies in many people's mouths, or something like that, and he's like, mm-hmm. well, that was kind of a specific Scientology type of vibe. It really was, which is, again, why I think there's a lot of denominations that specifically uh, endorse and encourage psychiatry and therapy, mm-hmm. and not just counseling with your you know priest or minister, but just seeking professional help like any other doctor, um, you know. If you believe, if your faith is strong and you really believe in the thing you believe, you're not afraid of a little psychological testing. Right. And it shouldn't be testing if it's actually a decent psychiatrist. Well, you know what but I mean. I, Psychological no, yes. examination. I mean. I'm just... But yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so... 
Priest is out of there. Um, they're all debating. And it, it, Debbie... Deb, she's just packing, she's, which yeah. God bless her. And she's saying, I'm out of here. Marv agrees. Okay, give me five minutes. She had already said, I'm leaving in 15. So yeah. he's not a good listener. No, just take, your, take 15. I'm leaving, though. Right. And then... Uh, he goes downstairs. She uh, absentmindedly opens up a folder of uh, the kids' drawings from her first grade class. And uh, as she's leafing through them, all of a sudden, they're all drawings about Abigail and Marv having an illicit affair mm-hmm. and plotting to murder Debbie. Yeah. And these kids are good artists. They're great artists. It's incredible. Like, honest to God. It's like, I know the house is working on them, but mm-hmm. Debbie, come on. Yeah. Who drew this? Why well, the would is, they draw it? These kids are better artists than me, but I still believed it was probably first graders. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like not good. No. no. <laughs> but meanwhile, downstairs, Marv, with his five minutes for quote-unquote packing, immediately goes to, De- to Abigail. He's like, you got to help me convince Ab- Debbie not to leave. Yeah. It, um, and this isn't about us, although... It's not... Um, and then we find out how their breakup happened. Mm-hmm. He proposed to her, and in she dec- yeah, back in college, he proposed to Abigail, and mm-hmm. she said no. And so he said, "Okay, uh, then we're done. We're through. There, it's you know, it's all or nothing." Which we, while we were watching, had the debate of like, I mean, that is reasonable as a reason to break. Like you're saying, there's no future. Then what are we doing here? This is, this but then he says why he proposed mm-hmm. was because we had been fighting for months and I thought it was the only thing that could save our relationship. Yeah. At which point it was like, oh God, you run away from every angle of this. Yeah, like Marv is the bad guy in this situation. Don't don't misunderstand. But uh, one of Abigail's lines in this, and this is going to be my misogynist moment of the day, uh, Abigail's response, uh, Abigail says, is like, look, I refused the proposal. That didn't mean we had to break up. And it's like, that is... Definitely a woman response to a situation. I won't go with that. I know. I know couples. Oh, that was just me. Patrick is in the clear. This is my misogynist yeah. moment of the day. Patrick is yeah. perfectly fine. I will just say that, like, I have known couples that have had the conversation of, "Do you want to get married?" And the answer is no. But it's not about you. It's about I never want to be married, but I would love to be with you. Like, if you say you want to buy a house, I would be in. Marriage is the thing I don't want to do. Yeah. I have known couples like hey, that, and hey, there's a and zillion it can be healthy. There's a zillion different permutations of people that my pejorative statement a minute ago don't apply to. Right, Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. I'm just saying, yeah. Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. I'm just saying the response. I uh, I refused the the marriage proposal. That didn't mean we had to break up. There are a lot of people. Yes, Abigail. That does mean we have yeah. to break you up. You do have to see done. where this was a possibility. Yeah. And maybe they had more to, there was more to the conversation in college, but we're not presented with this, and so this is my knee-jerk misogynist reaction Based to on the dialogue in the film, I don't think there was more to the conversation. Which only adds, uh, lends it to my interpretation, my response. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm saying outside <laughs> of the movie, oh God, there yeah. are real-world possibilities of healthy conversation. I never want to get married, but I wouldn't mind being in a committed, uh, committed relationship. Of yeah. course I understand this. Yeah. But the way she said it. <laughs> it, was, it was, they were not meant to be a couple. No. 
But they're thrown into the possibility of it because, unfortunately, Debbie comes downstairs with one of the drawings, yep. which is now an airplane. Just yep. an airplane. It's just a normal kid's drawing. Asking, you, how do you explain this? What is this? Are you messing with me? Did you do this? And like, what? It's and an airplane. she's also grabbed a knife. She has grabbed a knife. Um, and then she uses the picture of the airplane to split her... Wait, no. The knife to split herself open wow. in the belly. <laughs> yes. She, there, there's a lot of back and forth with uh, Abigail and Marv trying to explain that no, they are not having an affair. Uh, it's the exact opposite. Everything is fine. Please just put down the knife. And Debbie's like, no! I'm gonna get it. Uh, I, I'm gonna do... Uh, what's she... No, she, she's like, I'm going to fix this now. And then she stabs herself, like, just to put under her. her breasts and yeah. drags it across. So yeah. it's just like, she's just done. Yeah. That is it. And it's terrible. Like, all the violence in this movie is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's not like, it's not super gory. No. But it's well, well, it's all presented. the stuff that would definitely, everybody has like a subconscious fear or ick factor about right. what's happening like falling out of your window onto the pavement having your leg broken st- yeah or getting stabbed and yeah. just ugh. it's like you can feel getting it but it's not car. visually explicit yeah well i mean it's not gory a, <laughs> a lot of blood but not gore Fair. yeah um and then and then they bring in the parapsychologist. We get our parapsychologist played by Brendan Fair of Roswell and uh, the Forsaken fame, who is Matthew Modining through most of his yeah, film. It's, um, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. yeah. It was, I landed on um, like a Brundle fly of Matthew Modine and uh, Brendan Routh. And I bit my tongue from saying you're overcomplicating it, you weirdo. I tend to do this. I know. That's why I have double the notes. It will, yeah. Usually. No, you you, you always do, but I, I, I tend to keep it upstairs for, you know, the period of the podcast, and then it stays there. That's why I frankly. put it on paper so I can walk away. <sighs> You're smarter than me. You're so much smarter than me. You need to have a place that you can take all of your energy and anger and or feelings and present it into like a manifest like a notepad or a tulpa which the parapsychologist goes into see i prefer to spend most of my uh the time i don't want to be where i am in my mind landfill (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh, we get a lot of hemming and hawing uh abigail okay in the parapsych dr cole is his name in uh, Dr. Cole's defense, Abigail just jumps out of some bushes at his house while he's walking home. Yeah. And says, hey, you need to help us. And uh, he says, yeah, no, go away. People mm-hmm. make fun of me. I don't want to do this. It's late. Yeah. I'm tired. Like, but it's for this guy, Marv, that I know. Oh, Marv especially made yeah. fun of me. I hate He Marv. was the worst of them. It's almost You're like Marv's Peter- just a bad person. <laughs> You're asking Peter Parker to go help Flash Thompson for old time's sake. Do you know what the old times were? They were not good. But that's what makes Peter Parker such a good person. This is true. And this is what makes Cole. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he gets talked into it and um, they have a seance and immediately Marvin is possessed. Yeah. It's pretty great. Well, um, 
there's a brief window before he's possessed oh, of the yeah. discussion of yeah, the yeah, Topas. Yeah, yeah. And the idea that uh, for anyone who hasn't seen Twin Peaks, The Return, why are you watching? Why are you listening to this? I guess you're driving, but when you mm. get home, watch it. It's Twin Peaks, The Return. It's yeah, it's one of the greatest movies ever made, and it's 18 hours long, and it's but they cover the ideas of Topas being a thing um, when collective consciousness believes a thing or is invested in a thing or just in generally has an awareness that sometimes a thing can manifest itself into maybe a real thing is the paranormal belief but also sometimes it can be group psychology Mm -hmm. it can be just a thing that trends or there was a great episode of supernatural with this and Mm -hmm. i think it was one of the ghost facers one where like Sam and Dean had already checked out the house and there was nothing real. There was no actual murders, nothing substantive, but like weird supernatural happenings were happening there. And halfway through the episode, uh, Dean recognizes that one of the demon symbols that is appearing on the wall is uh, the symbol for blue oyster cult. And then they, Sammy does more research and they come up with it's a tulpa. Everybody believed this house was haunted for so long and for mm-hmm. so hard, it actually becomes haunted. Yeah, that's one of the one of the running theories on like the Winchester house. Not supernatural. Different Winchester. But the one out in California, uh, from the widow of the inventor of the Winchester rifle, huh. she went in she went insane over the years, um, had all this money after her husband passed, mm-hmm. and she wanted to out of guilt. For the people that died at the hands of those rifles, yeah. add on to her house and add rooms for all the spirits she thought she was seeing and hearing. Oh, sweet. And after a certain amount of time, she ran out of space for new rooms and new additions. So construction continued inside the house until she died. Um, that's why there are stairs that go nowhere. There are rooms that go nowhere. There's just mismatched doors because they were just trying to build to build not for anything, and at some point to possibly contain and trap the ghosts inside the house. Uh, that was her belief, and yeah. this belief was in part fueled by her therapist, who was scamming the hell out of her. Oh, God damn not it. just to get money for you know continued therapy, but also I think was getting kickbacks from some of the construction folks. Mm-hmm. But there was everybody was pretty much open with taking her money on this theory. But with all of that. The entire house and everything that she believed about it was a scam, but so many years of this weird house and so many legends of it, people have gone in and investigated and done like EVP and like, you know, the standard ghost chaser tests, never found anything, but still people insist that there's something off about the house and they think it might be a similar type of situation, Mm. should you believe in these kind of things. Yeah. And don't, because you feed into it and create the thing. Yeah. But man... (laughs) Scamming psychologists. See, this is why we should be trusting those straight shooters in Scientology. They've never, ever taken a dime from their followers, and they just care about people. Yeah. Like, do you think that they did Battlefield Earth for profit? No. Clearly not. I don't even think they did it for fun. Clearly not. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, but so they give... um, Maybe it's a Tulpa. Yeah. But, like, in the scene in the movie... It's this weird oasis of somebody did some research and actually looked into like how these things might work and you had an idea. And this scene contains that idea. We walk away from it very quickly. Yeah. 
But like, but it's good for it's a good one scene. moment. Like, I don't know if he rewrote his monologue or what, but it like, like, oh, this sounds like somebody who knows what they're talking about for a change. Well, I mean, they've been adjacent to uh, you know adjacent to and like cursory knowledge. Yeah, this one felt like oh, you took yeah. the moment to look it up. Yeah, and it works. Yeah, and then we have a seance that says it's completely not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go right back to contradictory land. What's goodwill for if not wasting? Exactly. So we we have the seance, and uh, it goes. It, it's basic. It's very by the numbers. But the uh, the important thing is that by the end of it, Marv has become possessed. Yeah, and is strangling Doctor Cole, which is a little bit of the demon, a little bit of Marv. But yeah. he uh, speaks in Dutch. Yeah, they don't know this, um, as he's saying, as long as I live, you shall not escape, and all your base are belong to us, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But yeah, um, they're just, we don't know what we're saying, they break them apart, and then we just kind of... Well, well, Abigail and Dr. Cole are trying to figure, they're, they're watching the recording of the seance and trying to use Google Translate to translate what he said, which... Mm-hmm. It's just a real moment, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I get chocolate chips. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Lucy and Mar- is trying to, you know, nurse Marv uh, back uh, from. I say back to health. She's attending to Marvin, and then uh, Marv busts out of the house and starts digging uh, because there's something here. We mm-hmm. have to find this. Get a shovel, and they get a shovel. It's the middle of the night, but they don't get flashlights. Because we're still just using our cell phones as flashlights, even yeah. though, you know, the batteries run out on those things. Yeah, it's, and you're in a house that has unreliable power, and you've been there for at least a month already, so you've said, with flickering lights. Why would you not buy flashlights? They've got flashlights. The it's first stupid. night it happens, you'll be like, oh shit, we don't have flashlights. I bet they still sell these things. It's weird how we had, like, six sets of dishes and four toasters, but none of us ever needed flashlights. Not once. I have candles like in every room just in case. Yeah. I've never had to use them. You know, not wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Marvin digs. Uh, they continue digging until Marvin predicts that they're going to find a skull. And they find a skull. And he says that the skull will have a stab wound in it. Now, at that point, he's holding the skull. So it's just like, come on. You gotta, you gotta, you yeah, gotta you lay gotta it Back to your prediction a little. I'm saying. Uh, but there is a skull. And it is stabbed. And do we ever find out if that was the Dutchman skull, or do we? We never find nah, out any details about nah, the skull. They say they're going to look into it, but 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 Cole says it's like we have to uh, bury the skull properly, and then the house will be clear. Uh, and then we get another title card. Two months later. Two months later. I'm assuming in that two months they have done all the things that they said were on their list. Indeed. Uh, I mean, never mentioned again. We just have to get a sense of closure out of a time jump. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Marvin and Abigail have started hooking up because uh, trauma drama. You know, he comes up with all these psychological explanations for why they're doing it and why why they shouldn't be doing it. And then they just bone anyway. And for I some mean, reason, Lucy is very put out by this. I know. Like, honestly, if you and somebody else watch a mutual friend slash current girlfriend of one of you gut herself in front of you, love is in the air. Oh, I I, I was horny just watching it. <laughs> I love it when people act like people. I know. 
Um, but Lucy's very angry about this. Oh, yeah, we get more... Like, Lucy starts reading Abigail the Riot Act about this. It's like, this is just like college again, and you're just going to get angry, and uh, and you're just going to dump him, and Marvin's already picking out China patterns and everything, mm-hmm. and Abigail, <laughs> I love you it. Let it's just like, it's I'll let him know it's casual. Then it's like Marvin's walking in the background. Hey, Marvin, it's casual! That would have been more. Yeah. That would have been something. She doesn't even do that. Not even close. Yeah, no. Um, and then uh, Marvin is out uh, the next day. Like Marvin is outside raking leaves in the yuppiest outfit we've ever seen for raking leaves. Yeah. He's like in a camel hair coat, like yeah. raking leaves. It's just it's weird looking. He looks like he's going to go to a meeting for possible employment at Harvard. It's the equivalent of when Steve Martin is mowing the lawn in My, My Blue Heaven. Uh, but that's that's a fancier suit. This, it's a fancy, it's, this it's is quick, more of a collegiate. Yeah, yeah but, but yeah. It's in terms of just uh, incongruity between mm-hmm. outfit and activity. Yeah. What a day for a mow. <laughs> I love My Blue Heaven. The um, uh, Dr. Cole shows up and says that uh, he was hoping to get a formal interview to talk about the seance, Marvin says, you could have just emailed. Dr. Cole says, uh, well, you could have responded to any number of the emails that you said, that I, that I sent. And I said, why don't you just kiss already? This is boring. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Marv, as he's talking, starts knowing a little extra about the doctor and his voice starts to yep. And the doctor is like, oh, okay, well, I guess, you know, you're right. Never mind. Uh, I'll see myself off. Goes back to the car. Fuck, fuck, holy fuck, fuck, holy fuck, fuck. Except actual he's, dialogue. He's actually saying it. It's yeah. so good. Like, it's like fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck. So again, it's one of those moments of this is not how it was scripted. This is perfect. It is just so good. Just, holy fuck. fuck yeah, and he's fuck, like, he's fuck, fuck, holy fuck, he's, fuck, holy fuck. He's in the car. He's turned the ignition on, and then he remember. He looks at the house and knows that the 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 two, other two women are in there, and he's like, fuck. And he goes, tries to go around the back of the house and signal them to get the hell out of the house. Mm-hmm. Although I was a little annoyed that they, they never say the phrase. They, they never, never say, like, get out. Yeah. Get out of the house. Um, yeah. So while he's going around to try and help, um, Abigail finds a letter. Lucy yes. Abigail, Abigail, finds, Abigail finds a letter. Uh, from the original beginning of the film, uh, mm-hmm. from uh, it has the Moriarty seal. And if you look closely... In the seal, you see the uh, written in Latin. I bet you thought we forgot about this letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I made a joke that you hated uh, I, I about him, him. about how well don't trust the Moriarty letter because Moriarty's mm-hmm. and Holmes never get along. Oh, I thought that was a funny joke. Oh, that was okay. I thought that was um, funny. Well, it's a pun. I'm not. I I'm going to grimace, but that's that's the point of a pun. That's true. So, um, she finds it, and the letter basically says, like, The house killed my husband and has finally killed me. Get out immediately. Yeah. Which, uh, and then you hear the the ghost whispers show up again, but it's Adam Sandler's voice saying, Information I could have used yesterday! (laughs) Then a tap at the window. It's the good doctor. Uh, but nobody can hear him, uh, so they open the internal window of yep. a two-window um, lock system like many canals have. Well, a lot of people refer to that as the uh, Matthew Modine by way of Brandon Routh window. That's the one. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> it's just these houses, right? So overcomplicated. I know. Um, it's almost like they're padding for time. Sorry, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he gets finally, the window yeah. open, yeah, and he's, like, he's got just enough time to say, "Marv is possessed." Oh, he's right behind me. Is it bonk? Yeah. And and Chekhov's yeah. shovel introduced yeah. the night before. Yeah, uh, we had to make sure two months and a night before. Yeah. We had to make sure that we were aware there was a shovel at this house. Yeah. You have to find a way to work it in. Well, what if there's a body buried out front? Well, there you cool. Go. Now that the audience knows there's a shovel, we can use it in two months. Indeed. And it bonks him on the head. <laughs> and then Marv comes around to the front door. Oh, wait, no. He, he says... He has, like, a really good line there. Like, we both ended up laughing because it's, like, something like... Nobody ever listens? No, no, no. no. That's, that, that's Lucy in a minute, though. It's, like, bonk, and he's, like... Don't worry, I've got this under control, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, Mar- like Marv is just very nonchalant about. Don't worry, don't worry about anything. Yeah, God like all it. good, it's all good. I, I wish we, were, I wish I wrote it down. Shit, I, just, uh, I need to take better notes. Towards yeah. the end of the movie, it's just I, I'm just watching yeah. the movie, and uh, yeah. he goes yeah. around to the front. Abigail is uh, holding the deadbolt locked, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, order like telling Lucy to call nine one one, but the phone doesn't work because the house is is in control of everything. Mm-hmm. And so Abigail tells Lucy to keep the door shut while she goes to burn down the house. And now all of a sudden, Lucy does not want to burn down the house because she thinks that somewhere, maybe the dead uh, Billy's spirit is still in the house somewhere. Yep. This is stupid. Yeah. Not to say that her spirit isn't in the house. Actually, it's great because uh, Lucy says all of this to Abigail. It's like, but what if Billy's spirit is still in here? It's like, then we're going to be freeing it when we burn the house down, you idiot. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Marvin is talking completely rationally the whole time. It's like, no, Cole attacked me first and stuff. And, and I stopped him and he said he was going to do the things that I did. Yeah, because he's possessed. I'm not the possessed mm-hmm. one. And like, look, if I wanted to be in the house, I'd already be in the house. And he starts and then, pulling out his keys. And then boop, he's in the house behind her. And then boop, he's in the house behind her. And... In between that, when Abigail runs off to uh, make preparations, Lucy starts. Well, that's when Lucy says, "Nobody ever listens to me." It's because that's because yeah. she's stupid. Yeah, you have uh, not been right consistently. But then, yeah, um, just washing the whole place down with turpentine. Yeah, very very slippery turpentine. Oh, it's so good! Like in the midst of running all around, dousing everything with the paint thinner, the actress playing Abigail legit falls on her ass because she yeah. slips on the floor. But like slips, falls, gets up, and keeps going. And in, in a take, they're like, "Well, how do we not use that?" It's the best take. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah, this I mean, is like in um in the uh, when Reese Withers. Uh, no, Renee Zellweger eats it in the one Texas chainsaw running yeah. around the trash pile. It's like, you know that's the take we're using, right? It's so like good. we can we can film it more for your own comfort. Yeah. But that's the take we're using. There's a great, it's too good. There's a great story of uh, George C. Scott made uh, Stanley Kubrick promise he wouldn't use that one take in the war room where he falls and does like a backwards somersault and then gets back up and is big ranting and Stanley was like oh yeah totally totally would never uh, mm-hmm. wouldn't dream about doing that I wouldn't but the editor might of who course. knows who he gets his notes from yeah of course yeah but uh so Marvin takes uh, Lucy down into or he locks Lucy in the basement and then Lucy starts hearing Billy's voice coming from the red room which had a deadbolt on it, or, or a little slide bolt. 
lock yeah. on it. And uh, Billy the ghost is asking Lucy to let her out. And Lucy, again, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, uh, that's what I pointed out. Uh, very rarely, if ever, has a demon in a movie used reverse psychology. It would be done the, the old Briar Patch thing of like, no, 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 leave me in here. You must keep the door locked. You must keep the door locked. Well, no, I need to... Something. But, like, let me out, let me out. Yeah. Wait a minute. No, no, no. immediately Just, not. like, immediately not. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, Marvin's upstairs, and we get a fairly good fight. Like, yeah. well, actually, we just... Okay, so first, uh, Marvin's trying to convince her not to burn down the house, and she's like, oh, just watch me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, he's making these compelling these arguments that are working on her, right? And uh, then the house uh, pushes it too far by calling him a liar, which was just like, or she's, the house is calling somebody a liar. The, she is hearing the ghosts of all of her friends because that was sort of oh, their voices okay, saying okay. liar, 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 and she's like, oh shit, wait, I recognize that voice. I think um, okay. keeps the fight going. They get into the bedroom where he finds the coffin, the little baby coffin, the yeah, little mini yeah. coffin, smashes it, crumbles the figurine to dust to let us know that that was never a plot point. No, it was not. It was just... We wanted an excuse to have an argument over Wicca versus Catholicism. I guess. And why not? Um, like, the shovel wound up paying off better. It did. Yeah. But yeah, so he smashes the, that box, he smashes the doll, then I guess it sort of pays off because a shard of wood from the mini coffin, mm. she grabs and stabs him in the eye. Yeah, or just underneath. Or somewhere, but like... It turns out, but it looked like she stabs him in the yeah. eye, but then he's got like this big mark right, right there. But he's like lifting her up and manhandling her, which... Uh, it's pretty effective. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus, like just throwing her against the wall and all. And again, great stunt work. It was really good stunt work. Uh, the house won't let her light the turp- the the turpentine on fire. Like it keeps uh, uh, dousing all of the matches she's got. Yeah, and then it's and like, like oh, even like um, she gets the third one lit, and you see that Marv just is daffy ducking it. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. It's, it's so good. Like the, the end of the movie is just a lot of just a lot of fun with all these stunts, and uh, they end up downstairs again. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, yeah. Abigail runs away, uh, or yeah, she runs away. Uh, gets into the work the the room that has most of the uh, the construction going on, and just hides just out of sight with the sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. And Marv goes in and doesn't notice her at all. Yeah, which is a little weird. Like, again, cartoony logic. Mm. And then she just wails on his head. Yep. And it's pretty gross. Yeah, it's not one of these, well, let me first go for the knee or the stomach. Like, just first shot, like, top of the head down, he down. Yeah. It, it's pretty bad. Mm. Uh, and you see, like, the cre- like the crevice and the blood coming out. Yeah. Like, it is the goriest thing in the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It's pretty good. Yeah. And, and even then, I, would, I still think it would probably make network TV. Uh, it'd be close, but I think it would. It's, it's, uh, like after ten p.m. Yes. Yeah. Like that. I've seen worse on Hannibal. Oh yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um. So Abigail goes down into the basement to rescue Lucy, who uh, like starts like cuddling her, and then apologizes that it it has to be you, and then knocks her unconscious. 
Yeah, just like has her hand on her cheeks as it has mm. to be you, and then just uses that same cheek to smack her head against the wall. Yep. And, and she wakes up to the sound of her hands being duct taped behind her in a chair, like conveniently right in front of a noose. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... Does, I forget, does Lucy actually pull the rope or yeah. does the house do it? Lucy pulls the rope. Lucy pulls the rope. Lucy kills Abigail. Yeah. And like um, the whole time I'm like, okay, well maybe this is where Dr. Cole finally wakes up and rescues. Nope. Oh, no. okay. Nope. We jump ahead again. Well, not we, much, but. Just to the evening. Like yeah. it's nighttime. There's ambulances. There's police. Lucy is explaining that uh, Marv went crazy and mm-hmm. she had to defend, like, killed Lucy and I uh, attacked Dr. Cole and I had to stop him and everything. Yeah. Because Lucy, uh, I don't think she's being possessed by the house. I think she's just on board with the house because Billy might be there now. Yeah. Um, because she says um, they hop uh, they hop ahead again uh, to another the graveyard. Month. And she's visiting, uh, Lucy's visiting the graves of everybody who were buried as roommates. But it's kind of not, like, if they're all supposed, if she believes they're all in the house, why would she need to go to the graves, you know? I don't know, because the movie's not well written. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Right. Um, so, but she's at the graves of, again, like, they bought, like, some roommate burial plot. Sure. It happens. Like in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, whenever they go to the funerals, you see all of the character headstones are like right on top of each other mm-hmm. instead of, you know, buried in different parts of the cemetery or different cemeteries yeah. with their family. Well, some fam- some graves or some graveyards bury by family and especially like tombs and crypts and all that. You lock that aside. But a lot of them just go next available. It's like parking spaces. That's true. Yeah. Um, but she said, like, the priest shows up, or the minister, or whatnot. Yeah, Lim- Reverend McLimpy. Yeah. And, uh... Doing pretty good work with the cane. Like, he was yeah. really selling that his leg was messed up. I yeah. appreciated it. But, so, like, basically says, um, I'm still available if you want me to come by. I never finished blessing the house, uh, but I can, if you would like. My services are available. And Lucy says, leave us alone. Mm-hmm. Us. Yep. So I'm pretty sure she's in... Cahoots. Yes. Um, oh, she's definitely on board. She's definitely on board, but as... To, and I don't think it, she's possessed, though. I don't think that's one thing. I don't think she's possessed. I yeah. think she's just trying to protect the house and the ghosts. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but the priest is like, eh, all right. Gets into a car with the... Dr. Cole. Cole. Who has a mark on the side of his head that he didn't get hit with the shovel. Right. I'm, I think he went face first, but he was closer to the rocks than Frank, so yeah. it was not as deady. Yeah, but... Guys. I know. Come on. Um, uh, and then uh, we get one last shot of Lucy going to the... Pulling up to the driveway of the house... And then the door opens up by itself, and uh, she says, Hi, honey, I'm home. Yep. Which, you know, two seconds earlier I said, Hi, haunting, I'm home. Yeah. Which would have been would have been a better line movie. But that's it. I kind of dug this one overall. It's It had fun moments. I wouldn't turn it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't probably seek it out. Fair. We'll, we'll go mid, mid, mid-level resale value. Like, uh... Definitely worth it, a being Airbnb. You know, yeah. it's a fixer-upper. Like or some other force mm-hmm. metaphor. Heading to the beach, and we've stayed here before. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I, I appreciate it. I, if, if they had, like, you know, uh, an upside-down cross, a get-out, 
or flies. the flies or incest, uh, um, this would have been a much higher recommend. I'm sorry. These are the tropes of the Amityville movie. It's a I didn't make checklist. them up. Yeah, weird eyes in the out the window. Yeah, I, I did. It had the windows. It, it had the staring. It had the house. It was good. Like the last shot, it would have been better if like the windows lit up again. You yeah. know, it would have been fun. Oh. But what oh. if one of the eye, one of the window eyes winked, <laughs> like the pumpkin at the end of the anything can happen on Halloween video? Yes. Yeah. That would be perfect. That would have been perfect. But yeah, no. And then just you know. Three minutes of nothing but French names in the credits. Yeah, a lot of French Canadians. A lot of French Canadians. But it, it, I, I was just happy that it was a movie. I was happy that it was an actual movie again made by people mm. that know how to make movies. Even if they don't, they didn't have the ability to make a great movie, they knew how to make a movie, mm-hmm. at least. So, uh, yeah, definitely middle range. And then, uh, so next week we have the last of this crop of Amityville movies and... Oh boy, I'm so excited to watch Amityville Death Toilet. Is that what we're watching? Yep. Amityville Death Toilet, a Tubi original. They have invested themselves in this. Maybe, um, maybe we... Amityville Death Toilet, Pat! We have, we have called upon and invoked, like a tulpa, I guess, in a way... Tubi and their Amityville connection. We have talked about it so many times of thank you for giving us a way to see these without having to buy them. Oh, God, we did this to ourselves. I'm worried that we may have driven up the numbers on a lot of Amityville products oh. on Tubi. And, yeah, this is this is a grave of our own digging. And um, But couldn't we just die, though? This is, this is taking us back to Hellraiser 8. We think we're alive, but I think we're already dead and buried. And they just keep... Dumping dirt on us. I hope it's dirt. Next one's death toilet. It might be worse than dirt. This is bad. This is bad. Maybe it'll be unexpectedly hysterical. There, I, I've seen the trailer. The people that made this movie think it's, it's hilarious. Well, that worked for Anchorman too, right? No, no, it did not. No. Yeah. Well, until next time. Get out. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com.